0: Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right, a life how to podcast from the perspective of non experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a A new new fun bevy. Fun bevy beverage. You know, we keep it tight. Keep it light, keep it tight. We are unhinged. I, I'm not. Wild. These people Listen. are
1: clicking off immediately. Oh my gosh! Okay, like, you
0: guys. Well, this is really don't click don't click off because this is a really exciting episode because we are doing finally. We've switched the name, but it's the same.
1: Solicited, solicited advice.
0: Advice. Adviced. Advice. You asked, and we answered, and we're going to be going through questions that you guys wrote in either on Instagram or our email. We've been wanting to do this for so long. We've done it in the past. We did it. It was called random advice, and then we realized it's not really random random. because you guys have written in. Yes, and we ask for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We ask. We're like, send in your stuff. Yes. And, and it is solicited. So, yes. So, yeah. we are doing solicited advice, which also I think is such a great way to remember that you guys are listening in a community. Like, there's a bunch of yes. you guys. And I think even hearing the questions and, like, the situations that other listeners are going through will just hopefully make you guys feel more connected to each other.
1: I know. Well, and also I think that it's helpful to know that we actually do care. Like, we know who you are. Like, when we get DMs and stuff, I'm, we're like— Like we have certain listeners that write in a lot, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, I wonder how like X, Y, and Z is doing today." You know, like we know who you guys are. Yeah, we
0: love when you guys engage with us, like Instagram, whatever. If you guys ever DM us, we DM you back immediately. (laughs) Immediately, yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so now what are we drinking on our fun advice episode? So I think you you've probably already had this before. I've had this before,
1: and I really like it, and I. Have a feeling you will like it if you haven't
0: already. Um, it is the brag. Oh, the apple cider apple cider, v- I've never cider had that. vinegar refresher. But I, I mean, I've had apple cider vinegar from this brand, but I have not had their refreshers. Like you've just had their regular. Yeah, like I've just taken. Yeah, shots yeah, yeah. It yeah or whatever. Yeah. Okay, no, wait, wait. Is... You just shook this up. This
1: I've had this before. This is not carbonated. Are you sure? I'm one thousand percent positive. Okay. Watch it explode,
0: okay? Now, because I don't know if anyone was listening to that other episode, but Natalie did have a huge it explosion really on, live on the podcast. Yes, um, so I just,
1: but I have know. had this one before, so I do know that it's not um, whoa in any
0: way. Oh my god, I tried a sip of it. Wowie, 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 kazawi. That is wild. Wild. Okay, so we're going to rate that at the end of the episode. But I really think that we should just we should dive, dive in, in because I want to give everyone their moment. Yes, yes. Okay, let's get into it. Yes. Do you want to go with the first one? <sighs> okay, DM number one. <gasps> DM number one. And also, these are always anonymous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We
1: will never say who you are, what your name is. No, you're whatever we're giving you advice on. Confidentiality here, absolutely. Okay, this DM says, "I'm in the process of getting a divorce. Should I wait to date or should I go for it now?"
0: Ooh, what's what are your thoughts on this? Okay, hmm. Okay, so I have questions. I wish that could be answered. Uh-huh. I feel like by the time that you are getting a divorce, you've separated, like you know, like you've been separated, right, for right, months. right. You the relationship. She's in the died. process
1: of getting a divorce.
0: Yeah, I think if you feel like I'm ready to be out there, then you should. I mean, you're, yeah, you're not with this person. I mean, legally, sometimes
1: divorces take a long forever time to
0: even finalize, and yeah, even knows. like years. So I'm like, if you're in a place where you're like, I feel like ready, I'm healed enough. That part. Flag. 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 Flag healed enough to actually be in a relationship with somebody, then yes. But also, if you just want to, like, a hookup, that too, is totally cool. Yes. But I think we want you coming from a healed place. Right. And that was what I was also th- I was like,
1: you know what? If you're—the whole thing is—obviously, the relationship has ended, and we're in the process of legally uh, dissolving it. I felt the same way. And then— You know we got to give expert advice because we're not experts, but the way that
0: we do this is we give our advice and then we've actually researched like uh, what maybe should you actually do.
1: Yes, (laughs) Um, and I was very surprised to be honest because I did not see a single expert say that you should date. (gasps) I know. See, this is why we do. They were firmly against dating. Before being officially divorced. But then when I thought about it, I was like, oh, it does make sense considering that the couple's separating for a reason and communication probably is very likely at the center of it, like just a big lack of communication. And successfully dating, while at least still legally entangled with your spouse, requires a ton of honest communication on both ends, which is likely pretty hard to pull off.
0: Damn. That, no, that, that, that makes sense. It makes sense. But. Okay. Here's what Tracy...
1: She's a women's divorce coach. This is what she has to say. Okay. She says, when you're separated or going through a divorce, the attention of a boyfriend, this can be, you know, either way, but she's mm-hmm. just saying boyfriend. The attention a boyfriend shows you can feel like a breath of fresh air and boost your self-esteem. While he may serve as a distraction and help you avoid some of the pain of your divorce, you will eventually need to face those emotions. There's that healing aspect.
0: Yeah, and that's what I when I was saying like maybe we just will get a boy toy. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, we could just have fun, but like, I don't know. If you're, like, in a place of hurt, I don't want you to hurt someone else or not be, you know, the best that you can be.
1: Well, so she goes on to say, while it feels good to be needed and wanted, it's unlikely that you're emotionally ready to deal with a new relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll still have to deal with all the issues that caused the breakup of your marriage and make peace with the fact that it's really over. Plus, a new relationship at this time is not going to be based on the real you. Imagine how differently you'll act when you are not under extreme stress and when your life is more stable.
0: (gasps) Yeah, That's a good point.
1: And then she has some less emotional, more concrete reasons why not to date while getting divorced. And she says, number one, it can have a big impact on whether or not you receive alimony and how much you received, particularly if you move in with a new partner.
0: Oh. So I guess if you move in with your
1: boyfriend, the— They're like, oh,
0: yeah, you have another source of income. Yeah, they're (gasps) like—
1: done. Some states that recognize fault in a divorce case view dating during the divorce as adultery. (gasps) And the relationship can be used to help prove marital misconduct during your marriage, which can affect the outcome of your divorce as far as spousal support and the eventual property settlement. (gasps) I know. And thirdly, (sighs) With tensions running high, your spouse will probably react to the fact that you're dating by making your life hell during the divorce process. They may seek revenge to compensate for the anger, hurt, and embarrassment that they feel you have caused them by using lawyers to gain more custody of the children or marital estate. And I I have actually firsthand watched that exact thing happen.
0: Really?
1: Oh, yeah. Like people that you think would never... If they find out that you're, like, dating somebody, oh, my God. I watched this whole thing explode.
0: (gasps) Oh, my God. Well, okay. So, I guess I have to retract what I said earlier. (sighs) Well, I think
1: the caveat is it's such a— Circumstantial thing. It's very circumstantial. If you are, like, you're living in two different homes, you are fully separated—
0: been separated you've been and you've separated. been in therapy and healing and processing and it's just yes. taking a long time for the paperwork. Yes. It's different. It's different. Than being like in the if you're emotional still, ups and downs of the divorce.
1: Here, I'm going to say, if you're still living under the same roof.
0: Oh my God. No, no way. No. I wasn't picturing that when I said that.
1: Well, some people in the process of getting divorced are still living together. There's like separate rooms, you know, the housing thing. No, 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 no. So I think it's—I would say 90 percent. No, Mm. I'm going to say 90 percent of the cases. No, don't do it.
0: Yeah. Why don't you just yeah start? dating your friends. Yeah. Go with your girl. Yes. Go with the cuz that's
1: really the most healing.
0: Yeah, go with the girl. to you. Drink. Go to a concert.
1: Go to a Oh my gosh. Go, a go to a concert. <gasps> go to Vegas. Yeah. You know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. So, and if you hey. need to have
0: a side boy toy, we won't tell anybody.
1: We won't tell anybody, <laughs> you know? But we just want everybody to feel healed, yeah, and secure and we don't want any men or partners causing any fucked shit Ooh. in retaliation.
0: Yes. You know? Abs- Absolutely. Okay. So the second DM we got says, how do I become less insecure in social settings? You're talking to two, uh, <laughs> two socially anxious gals. <laughs> uh,
1: I think the thing for me that I always try to remind myself is to not compare myself to other people.
0: And one so one thing that my mom me. told me, you know, I'm not kidding. When I was in college, I used to have to go to therapy, and I would talk to my therapist, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm going to this party. What do I talk to people about?" And she'd be like, "Okay, Corinne. First of all, no one, no one really Nobody about cares. Nobody cares about as you as much as like not a one. Yes, but like everyone's like so in their own thing. Like they are not worried about you. Yeah, exactly. At all. Yes."
1: Sometimes when I feel insecure, I'm like, literally, every single person here is thinking about themselves. Yes. They're not thinking about me or what I look like today.
0: Yes. And so there's a lot, I guess, like, insecure, too. That's a a key word because— you can be insecure about, I, I was really insecure about being social, being outgoing enough. Am I weird? Am I like awkward? Oh, yes. But then also, like in your body and how you look, like that's a whole nother bit of all of this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's hard. It's really hard, especially when you're like, you wanna be presenting your best self, but you're like, I don't, am I my best self? Like, how am I gonna be received?
0: I think a really great practice is to and this is this is not anything that has data behind it but to make yourself a gas yourself up playlist in anticipation oh. of a social setting i'm talking beyoncé i'm talking rihanna i'm talking you know whatever gets you Your in faves. that like i'm a boss ass bitch yeah i'm the like prettiest mofo in the room which yes. i can guarantee our listeners are yes they are 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 the moment and play that before Gas yourself up. And also, if you have to have, like, a friend of yours go with you. You need a safety buddy. Oh,
1: my God. I would never go by myself.
0: (sighs) But, you know, and just say, hey, I'm feeling insecure. Can you just, like, stay by my side? Can you, like, check in on me? Do a lap but then come right back? Yes. You know? Yes. I feel like having somebody there with you always makes me feel more secure. Maybe
1: even some little affirmations, Yes. A little affirmation sash, yeah. Say, I am beautiful.
0: I am yeah. personable.
1: I'm fun.
0: I'm, I'm smart. Fun. Yes, you all know of the things. all of the above. And then, okay, so let's get into our expert the expert advice. advice. So, insecurity in social settings is a way social anxiety can present, and it can affect your day to day life by making it difficult to engage in commonplace activities such as talking with coworkers, buying groceries, eating in public, attending classes at school, going on dates, going to parties. going I mean, there's a lot of places. Luckily, managing social anxiety is an entirely achievable goal. And we've got some tips. Tips number one, which I said right at the beginning, see, see a, therapist. a therapist. And again, to the last question we had to, see, see a therapist. A therapist. A trained mental health professional can offer more insight on the difference between social anxiety and shyness. Mm -hmm. Also, I have a whole other thing. I think we've talked about it too. Being an introvert and being shy are two different things. Oh, they are so different. So different. So, so different. Anyways, they can also help you identify social anxiety triggers. They can teach helpful coping strategies, social skills, and relaxation techniques and can offer guidance with challenging and replacing or reframing negative thoughts. But I love a reframe. I love a reframe I love a and reframe. I also love a challenge. I love to be like, is that true? Does everybody in this room hate me?
1: Yeah. But the I, problem the hard thing is with anxiety though, sometimes I'm like, I think they do.
0: Well, one thing I'm learning because I pre-medicated I'm, me. Oh <laughs> I'm doing um DBT therapy now. And one thing that we were learning how to challenge negative thoughts. And the one thing was like, the first question you're asked, you ask yourself is, is it true? And then I go, and she goes, and you're probably going to say, yes, it is. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> it this is negative. Everyone does hate me in the room. And then you have to ask yourself, can I be 100% sure it's true? And then I'm like, that's <sighs> where the, you're like,
1: well, I can't be. I can't I can't But I could think of reasons why.
0: But to be a hundred percent I couldn't be a hundred percent. you can't be like, is it true? And you're like, oh fuck yeah, they definitely hate me. And it's like is this is a hundred percent true. Can I be sure? Uh, it's like I guess, I guess not. And then all the other things. So, anyways, that's why seeing a therapist is amazing. Love that. Also become
1: aware of your triggers start by listing situations that cause the most discomfort the ones that you feel the most unable to face so that might include interviewing for a new job meeting with a professor to ask for help introducing yourself to somebody you're attracted to and then note the symptoms you usually experience that can also help you deal with them more effectively so like let's say you feel lightheaded and dizzy Slow down the breathing. Mm. Maybe you're worrying that everybody's noticing your shaking hands or like your heart's pounding. Maybe learn a little grounding technique so that you can refocus, stay in the present.
0: Wow. I never realized that when I would flirt in the wild, which I don't have to do anymore, Uh my flirting style with someone that I liked was to be on the opposite side of the room as them and be faced away from them so that they would never see me.
1: And I'm oh, like, exactly the it, same. And then
0: in, in retrospect, I'm like, that was social anxiety. It's because
1: I'm too anxious. Yes, 1,000%. But you know what? I'm it's, like, I hope they just catch the vibe from the back of my head.
0: I will say, <laughs> it always worked for me. They did catch the vibe. I don't know what I was putting out. But I'm like, that seems like something I should have been able to be been like, oh, my God, that person's attractive. I'm going to go up to them. I'd be like, oh, oh my no. God, the person's attractive. I've got to I leave. hope they don't know I <laughs> exist. Yeah. <laughs> Not normal. Another thing you can do is take baby steps. When it comes to managing social anxiety, it's just fine to start with little changes. You don't have to volunteer to, like, lead a meeting or strike up a conversation with the cute guy. And you don't have to start there, you know? So a few ideas to try is at the store, skip the self-checkout, and challenge yourself to make small talk with the cashier.
1: This is only recently I I do that.
0: Really? I used to be...
1: Literally, all through college, horror. I hated going to grocery shopping. I was horrified. Because
0: you had to talk to the cashier? Yes. It's only about 45 seconds. Oh, my
1: God. Even still, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to them. Oh, my God. Uh, maybe that's why Joe always wants
0: to do self-checkout. I wonder if he has social anxiety hmm. about
1: it. I loved self checkout until I realized that it's way harder. Because it's
0: so much, it takes so you much always longer. have
1: to, and then it makes my anxiety worse because I have to push the button and be like, yeah, "I and need it's help." Like, yes, help is
0: on the way. Yes, me. <laughs> I'm like, kill me, kill me. <laughs> okay, another thing you could try, if that's not working for you, is you could raise your hand in class to ask a question. You can compliment a classmate or a co-worker's outfit. You could host a small gathering for close friends and loved ones. And like socializing in your own space can help you feel more comfortable to just get like more used to it. Mm-hmm. So those are some things that you could try. Yeah. I also think that In regards to this particular one that said, in
1: you know, insecurity in social settings. Like, if you're at a little party, be like, oh, my God, your outfit is so cute.
0: Oh, my gosh. Your makeup, so cute. My mom always told me people love to talk about themselves. So if you don't know what to do, just—and you don't know how to talk to them, just grill them. Where are you from? Do you have siblings? That's a cute outfit. And just, like, put it all on them and keep asking people questions. Yeah,
1: just say a little something. Say a little something. And then finally— do some random acts of kindness. In a 2015 study of 115 college students living with social anxiety, performing small acts of kindness for four weeks helped reduce the desire to avoid social situations. The link between kindness and social anxiety may not be immediately clear, but it makes sense when you think about it. Social anxiety generally involves some fear of rejection or disapproval. But if you've just done something kind and thoughtful, the person you help is far more likely to have positive feelings towards you than negative ones. Earning disapproval on a regular basis can help decrease your fears around social situations, so you might find that interacting with others gradually
0: becomes easier. Wow. I did a random act of kindness the other day. Oh, what'd you do? I um, was clean. You know when you are at the gas station and you clean out all the, like, crap in your car? Uh-huh. I had a water bottle that had been sitting in my car. And I was like, I'm just going to toss it. And there was a homeless man and I thought, would you like this water, sir? And he was like, yes, thank you. And Uh, I gave him a water bottle. I was like, wow, Karan. Good for you. Yeah. And then, hey, now
1: you're like, this man didn't reject me. He did not. I feel more. Actually, you know what? One time a homeless person did reject me when I went into Target and bought them snacks.
0: They said, I don't want that shit. Literally, <laughs> literally. He was like, "Are
1: is there chocolate in that? Is there?" He was like asking me what's in the trail mix. I'm like, "I don't know, sir. Like, I just got. I thought mate my- he full blown rejected me." Hey, didn't you're stronger help my sport. <laughs> didn't help my social anxiety. You're stronger for it. <laughs> Whoo. Okay, here is our next email. This says, "Hi girls. First of all, want to say that your podcast gets me through on rough days. Most of the time, it's literally like speaking to my bestie." especially when you guys go off on a million tangents because honestly, I'm here for that ride. Oh my God, thank
0: you for saying that because really, <laughs> so sometimes we start talking about stuff. I forget we're on the podcast and I'll go Oh like, yeah,
1: I'm like, oh my what? God, what
0: are we doing?
1: I gotta rein it back <laughs> in. Um, it says, I feel kind of like a nerd because I'm writing this as if we're composing a full confessional and it's to someone whom I don't even know. But say lovey, ah, you know us.
0: Say lovey. First us. of all, you do know us.
1: Anyways, my question or topic of discussion has to do with the relationship you have with your significant other's family specifically, but not limited to his or her mother.
0: Girl, let me tell you right now, let me hop on the mic. I have been through it. <laughs> I have so much advice for you.
1: Okay, so she they go on to say, My man and I have been together since 2017 and have since moved in together. I purchased my own home without him. Oh,
0: good love for that. you! I love that for
1: you. Then I sold my home and we purchased a home under both our names, and now we're finally engaged and planning to marry. ah oh, I wow. love this for you. There wasn't animosity before, but recently my man's mother was upset because I have a relationship with his stepmother. And basically she ended up calling me his little girlfriend (gasps) and talking about how I've manipulated him entirely. Still awful. (gasps) I never really responded to anything she said because she didn't even have the gall, the audacity. To tell me to my face. Instead, she called my man and even told him she was blocking him. Spoiler alert, she didn't.
0: I'm not surprised she she didn't because she seems like she's trying to manipulate the situation. Oh, 1,000%.
1: I'm very disheartened because I myself have a loose relationship with my own family, but now I feel like I don't have his either. I find myself grieving the life I thought I'd have with him and the one I thought I'd be able to give for our future kiddos. Really, to add salt to all of that, the reason why she found out is suspected to be because my man's cousin saw a post I made on Facebook that involved his stepmom. We suspect his mother never saw the post, but his cousin passed along the info. I unfriended her and anyone in that circle because they are all pretty toxic. We recently moved to Colorado from Florida, where all our family is. And honestly, we're so sad that at this point in time, there's just a clear divide. Signed. Blank. A very dedicated listener.
0: Oh, I'm. my heart is so sad for (sighs) you because, I mean, you even said that, like, you have, you know, a freed relationship with your own family. And, like, it is so sad when you kind of start seeing, you know, they're pulling back the veil and you're like, oh, shit.
1: You want to know what this reminds me of? What? Megan and Harry.
0: Oh, Megan and Harry. Megan and Harry, the Netflix docu-series.
1: (laughs) Because Megan was like, her family was a little frayed and, and she was like, I just always was so excited to be part of this big family. And then like, I got into this big family
0: and they were like, we hate you. Yeah. Okay. Can I just say, I have been here. I have been in the worst of it.
1: Mothers and sons are weird. Okay. First yes. of all.
0: So my first boyfriend I ever had, his mom was quite literally, and I never want to sh- like shame a woman or anything, an actual literal psychopath. Yeah, and is the sole reason that I ended things with him. Well, maybe not. He was not that great she, either. But she, she was a big part of it. And but that's not to give you hope about the situation. But it's to say that I, from that experience, and then I had another experience with a boyfriend and his mom that was more like it clingy, was clingy, and like. And then I was like, okay, moms and their sons is weird, are weird. And then I, I was like, do you want to fuck your son, right? <laughs> <Man. laughs> At right. This point, what is the deal? The another boyfriend I had, this man was twenty five years old. His mother was when she came to visit, stayed in his place in his bed with him, wrapped her arms around him and sobbed because she missed him so much. No, this was a grown man. This was a grown no. man. I'm being so no, fucking no, no, serious no, with no, you. No, no, no. And he told me that, and he was like, "Wow, I just feel so bad. My mom just like really loves me and misses me, and was cradling me and crying." And I go. You're grown. Mm, you need to go to therapy. And so there is this weird connection between moms and their sons where they feel like their son is just the best thing ever. They've made the perfect man and no woman could possibly like yes. um be good enough for him. Because secretly they want to fuck their sons. I'm sorry. There's something really, There's weird, weird, something about really it. weird about it. And I will also
1: say, I do think I do wonder if it's like a boomer. Because a lot of boomers did not have the tools that we you know, have with therapy and we're not as open with it. So I'm like, I, don't I feel like this is very common, but I have it's a feeling really that common. when our generation starts, to, I, I can't really see the same thing happening.
0: I mean, who knows? I, I don't know because I'm not. Maybe I'll be like this with my son where I'm like, no, I doubt mm. it. But because I've been through it and I've been on the side of it. So I understand what I've learned. Let me think. How did I handle that? Well, a few things. One, I learned, like, I do have respect for the mother. Right. And I always, like, tried to be as cordial as possible. And I think you need to be really, really honest with your man. First of all, I love that she referred to him multiple my times man. as my man. How and cute. I think you need to be, like, you know, straight up with him. Like, hey— this is how I'm feeling. This is how your mother's making me feel. And I think he needs to be your safe. You don't need to put the burden of it on him. But, like, you guys need to have a very open, honest dialogue about what the situation is. Yeah. Because it's tough. And yes. you don't want to feel isolated and siloed from the family. He needs to be a union with you. Also, I have one of my best girlfriends is married. She is And I'm not kidding, a catch. Anybody would be lucky to marry her. Her mother-in-law hates her. Of course. Threw her out of the group chat. I mean, this girl is just like doting on her, doting on his family, and it's just like there's nothing she can do. And she had to like really set up boundaries in terms of like holidays, in terms of like not wanting to be around them for a long time. And and her husband was stuck by her side. He's stuck beside her. Beside her or his mom. Oh, no, my friend. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. yes and he yes. had to distance himself from his family. Yes. Because they're their own family. They're now. their
1: own family. And that's what I was gonna say. In in reference to the, you know, it's just sad and you wanted a big family and everything, and me being reminded of this Harry and Meghan thing. I think it was the last episode, Serena Williams was being interviewed and she was like, you know, sometimes your friends actually are your family. Right. And so the chosen like, family. Yes. And so don't forget that you get to choose who your family is. And just if they're not biological, let me tell you, your friends are going to be obsessed with your future children. They are going to want to, like, be with you all the time. Like, you're going to be set. You're going to have the best little family ever. So don't you worry.
0: But we got some expert advice, too. Yes. Because, you know, there is data out there. you got to call in the experts. Yes. So, yeah. So, in a U.S. study from 2022, both men and women reported having more conflict with their mother-in-laws than their mothers. Mm. And mothers indicated having more conflict with their daughter-in-laws than their daughters. So, there mm. is, I'm, a weird I, mother I, There is, something. I swear to God, there is a weird thing. Yes. And, again, a 2016 survey by digital lifestyle brand Fatherly showed that Of those couples who do argue with their in-laws, 29% said it was about parenting style, followed by 15% who brought up politics, Uh uh-oh, 14% said money, and 4% said their in-laws needled? Needled them. Needled them about career success. So some tips for dealing with difficult in-laws. Number one, maintain a united front. When dealing with difficult in-laws, you and your spouse must stand by each other and keep the lines of a communication open no matter what happens. And you guys have to be like, we are on the same team here. You yeah. guys are on the same team, and you guys have to show up from the same place.
1: Another thing is to establish boundaries and stick to them. When in-laws, or anyone for that matter, are given too much latitude, things quickly can get out of control. Don't be afraid to set clear limits. If weekly Sunday brunches are a little bit much for you, think about knocking it down to once a month. If money matters or unsolicited parenting advice are off the table, then go ahead and say so. Also, I
0: loved that you unfriended her. Oh, hell yeah. You were like, oh, you're going to spread my business? Mm. You don't have access to my business Boundary created. Yes, that was really like probably hard, but like That's creating a boundary. Like, you can be in my life in the way that I say so. Yes. You don't get access to me anymore. No. Another thing you can do is to communicate directly with the offending party. So one of the worst things you can do is put your spouse in the middle of the fray. So whenever possible, speak to your in-laws directly. Be honest and clear about what's bothering you. But don't make your spouse the inter- Mediary. Like I think that is a lot of pressure for yeah. them to like be responsible for like especially with moms. Yes. Over time, like that can lead to resentment and put an unnecessary strain on your marriage. Like yeah. you telling your mom this and you mom yeah. them. You know, like just I think if you do have something to say to them, like come to them. And maybe they'll actually be really impressed and be like, wow, oh my God, they actually called us out to our fame. Yeah. So, and finally, find common ground. No
1: matter how different you are from your in-laws, there are surely some shared interests. Focus on these commonalities. This small bit of ground can grow and change your relationship. Any topic, however mundane, sports, gardening, complaining about taxes, whatever, can help you establish a bond of greater understanding. Yeah. And if you have children, I think.
0: Yeah, you know if they're not like overstepping but just yeah. like having something like anything, we have this in common yes anything that's common but I have very high hopes for this listener. it does sound like you're also really good at already setting boundaries and like knowing yeah. your limits and knowing your worth and knowing that when she called you his little girlfriend like you're like no I'm not um, I'm his fiancé and like you own a home
1: together so like all, and
0: you bought a home first like oh, come on god a queen a, a queen.
1: queen okay so emails Number four, I actually would like your advice on something that I feel is not talked about a lot and everyone may experience it. So people always talk about cutting toxic people out of your life. But for me, that is not possible because they're my family. Mm. Very similar to our previous
0: caller. Yes.
1: When I am in a period where I don't have contact with them, I'm doing good. But when my grandfather's having issues, I have to be in contact with them. Also because I'm the only person my aunt talks to, she ignores my mom and sister. They are so toxic and bad for my mental health because all they care about is money and talk trash about my parents and sister while we do everything necessary for my grandpa. What would your advice be in dealing with toxic people that you just can't cut out of your life? As always, lots of love. With a little heart emoji. Uh,
0: I do. I agree with you. I feel like a lot of people experience this.
1: Yes, I have experienced this firsthand, actually. And it's very hard. And I think for me, being very, very honest and telling the people that like, hey, you know, when you talk shit about everybody and we're all just here trying to like help my grandpa and get along, like it actually really affects me. And it hurts my feelings a lot. And I feel like I have to be on somebody's team and I don't want to do that. I just, I'm not into this. And that's a hard conversation to have. But I do think being, just really saying like, and again, setting a boundary and saying, you know, I think this also applies a lot with like divorced parents. I know that you don't get along with whoever, you know, but I'm still their kid. And so like, if you could just keep that to yourself, that would be great.
0: Yeah. And don't be surprised if their initial reaction is kind of like volatile. But oh, then, yeah. But then they will like process it. And I do think you would notice some changes. And it might take a few times. And also just telling them like, I mean, this is the boundaries. What are you willing to do? I'm willing to talk about grandpa. I'm willing yeah. to talk about this. I'm willing to talk about that. I'm not willing to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And giving them, showing them like, oh, I really like when we connect about this. Yes. I love talking to you. Like maybe making it less, you can focus on the things that you really do like to engage with them about. Uh-huh. But from, we actually have an episode on like how to deal with adult relationships with your parents and yes. like, and just like how to deal with like toxic family structures. Uh-huh. And so I think it's good to pull from that episode and like how to have healthy boundaries with your parents in terms of expert advice. Mm-hmm. And it says to one, start with reinforcing existing healthy boundaries. So when you notice areas of your relationship where healthy boundaries are at work, offer re- reinforcing words of appreciation. So if your dad tends to respect your career decisions, even if, you know, not your relationship or your health or whatever, right? tell him how much you appreciate that about him and how his support inspires your work. So again, like this is what I was saying. Focus on be like, oh, my God, I love when you do that. Yes. Do that more. Thank you so much (laughs) for that encouraging. And then when they're not doing that, it's just "Mm mm-mm. Yes. And the next thing to do is to notice unhealthy boundaries and define your needs. So take a step back to carefully consider the areas of your relationship that need work. Pay attention to ongoing experiences and conversations with your family members where invasiveness, disrespect, abusiveness, or guilt tripping occur. So yeah. really being like, yeah, this this stuff is this not a big no. Also, something that you said earlier is to use. I statements, so saying Uh I feel disrespected when this occurs in the future, this is what I need. Yeah. Using I statements, I feel upset versus you statements like you upset me. Yes. Keeps your heart-to-heart feeling oriented and non-blaming. Keeps you heart-to-heart feeling oriented and non-blaming, which increases the odds of a positive and cooperative reaction from your family member as opposed to like defensive Finger pointing or deflecting. Yeah, yeah, and then they'll be more receptive too. Yes, even if at first they might be like, wow, 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 give it a little bit. Yes, you know,
1: they might they might mull it over and be like, yeah, you know what, I don't need to be saying all that shit.
0: Yeah, and another thing to do that's kind of hard is to set consequences. Oh a so when a family member disrespects the new boundary you've set, you may need to repeat your request with a consequence notice. You could say, Hey, like I really you can't do that with me. And then they do it, and you're like, Okay, I said you can't do that with me. And now you know. So for example, like if a family member knows you feel disrespected when they comment on your appearance, yet they do it anyways, let them know the consequence of continuing to do so, such as taking a hiatus from connecting with them for a week of like, you know, that really hurt my feelings and I told you, so I don't think I can talk to you for a week. Yeah, You have to treat them them. like children. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. And which episode is this? Which number? This is, uh, I don't know what episode number it is, but it's from how to have adult relationships with your parents. But really it applies to all family. Yeah. Because it is tricky. 'Cause you are very like, tricky. You do feel you can't stuck. F- with yeah. Them at
1: times. Yeah. Okay. And our final little question here. It says, What should I know before getting my first tattoo? And do you regret them? I think this one's Pointed towards me. yes. But I think it's interesting because we have one tattooed person, one non-tattooed person. Yes.
0: And I'm not against... I keep going down in my chair, but I'm trying to go <laughs> up. Um, um, I'm not against eating a tattoo. I just have never... You just don't have them. Some people just simply don't.
1: Okay. So what should you know before getting your first tattoo? It will be forever. Because we do have some friends that do regret it. That do regret it. Yes. And I think really... I think I've done this with almost all my tattoos, is if I come up with an idea for something, I think about it for about a year. Mm-hmm. And if I still want it after a year, I'm like, all right, I'll get it. Mm-hmm. Do you regret them? I don't regret any of mine. But I, again, all of mine I've thought about. There's only a couple that I really didn't think about, but that they have such a like memory attached or a meaning attached that I'm like, I don't regret them.
0: Yeah. I do think people, I find, regret the most when they're more on trend with things that are happening. Like, and then you look back and you're like, God, that tattoo feels so 2013. So like, it's so a timestamp of what was trending in that area, in that era, as opposed to like what you actually really wanted. Yeah. I saw
1: a girl on TikTok the other day and she was like, I got this whole arm of like patchwork patchwork tattoos or whatever which is i think what i have and she's like and i really hate it now and it's like well because she took a bunch of images off of pinterest and just like put them all on her arm and it's like well yeah of course you're gonna regret it because you just did it because it looks cool you know
0: Uh, how old were you when you got your first tattoo
1: 16 that does not prove my point Oh, uh, that you should be of sound mind.
0: Yeah. Or was, of of fully developed. Yeah, I was thinking—I actually brought this up to Joe, which I was like, I do think that if you have to be 21 to drink alcohol, being 21 to get a tattoo kind of makes sense because— It is like a permanent thing, but I guess it's like a personal choice. You can't harm yourself getting a tattoo, but you can because I
1: knew people that got tattoos in basements.
0: Well, I mean, I feel like it's safe to talk about like our good friend Taylor, who has a tattoo that she got when she was 16 in the back of a barber shop. Yeah, that was just not. And, you know, she spent a long, long time getting it off. Yes. And it was because she was 16. And yeah, she's 29
1: now. (laughs) There was, and again, no, I don't think there was any, was there any meaning behind that? No. 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 So here's the expert advice. Spend your time picking an artist. This is where hours of scrolling on Instagram pays off. New York City-based tattoo artist Ariel Way advises looking at the artist's pictures of healed work, too, saying tattoos fresh versus healed are different. Oh, Colors often fade as the tattoos heal and lines become less distinct. So this type of research will help you get a full understanding of how your desired tattoo artist's work Ages over time. Oh, see, I would never know that. I would never
0: know that it ages. Oh,
1: yeah. A lot of the like real teeny tiny, like I have this little tiny penny tattoo. I'm going to have to get that touched up forever for the rest of my life. Good tattoos aren't cheap, and cheap tattoos aren't good. That's a good thing to know. It might not be well known among people who don't have tattoos, but good ones are expensive. Depending on the size, you may be looking at thousands of dollars. If you're serious about getting a tattoo that requires a lot of artistic ability, be prepared to shell out some major cash. The location of your tattoo can make a big difference in the impact it will have on your life. Tattoos that are out in the open have a big impact on the way your family, friends, and co-workers and employers look at you. This makes a difference if you work in a profession where it's important to look professional. While tattoos are much more common amongst professionals, placement is still a big thing to consider.
0: That was, member Joe was considering getting one on his hand. Yeah. And he asked you and you said cuz Joe is probably more intro or probably more shy and so yeah. you were like mm, cuz he has no tattoos he has no tattoos he wanted to get his first one on his hand and Natalie was like just know that everyone's going to be looking at it and he might feel self-conscious and yeah. i told him that and he was like that's a really good point
1: i didn't consider yeah like for the rest of your life every time you like sign a yeah, document they're going to be like, like, looking at, it. at your hand yeah and
0: Joe w- would not like that yeah
1: treat getting your tattoo like a medical procedure Be sure to get a good night's sleep. Don't drink the night before. Stay hydrated and eat something before arriving at the tattoo studio. You can also bring snacks to have while getting tattooed. That's important because a lot of people like pass out and stuff. Oh, goodness. Just because I think they're like, you know, they take a long time. That's the other thing. Do not expect to go in there and be gone in an hour. Like you'll be in there for, I think the snake tattoo on my back, which is not that big. I think I was in there for six hours.
0: Oh, my gosh. What do you do?
1: I fell asleep.
0: Oh, you did? I just
1: fall asleep usually. Next, while tattoo removal is a thing, don't go into a tattoo with the
0: mindset of, I'll just get it removed later if I hate it. No, no, no. Because also our friend has that tattoo we brought up. Yeah. And it has green and blue and yellow and all these colors in it. It's taken her forever to get it removed. Forever. It is extremely expensive. It's more painful than the original
1: tattoo was and takes generally a year or more to actually complete
0: yeah and even if it can even fully get be gone.
1: yeah because some of the colors look into that too i think red i don't think you can get red removed
0: yellow apparently is really hard yellow and blue and whatever taylor has oh also i will say right now
1: (laughs) white tattoos were a big trend for a while Like, all white because they look like scars, I guess. Those age so badly. Oh, wow. So badly. They turn brown. It's not Oh, no, 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 no. And finally, the best way to avoid future regret is to have meaning behind the tattoo. That's what I've been saying. The tattoo you're getting and not just getting one because it looks cool.
0: Yeah. I think that's the the name of the game. I think that's just like— I think that's how you avoid regretting it. Yeah, I'm so excited for your first tattoo. I know. Oh, send us a picture of what it is. Send us a picture of your first tattoo. Oh my god! I
1: just realized also is that I guess I I always get one at my birthday.
0: Yeah, you're not getting one this year. Yes, I am. On oh, you Wednesday. are. Oh, okay. Wow.
1: I told you about it though in uh, when we were in Austin. Same idea. It's the same tattoo because I think about it for like a whole year.
0: Uh, did you tell me what it was? Uh huh. I have no idea. It's the,
1: like, um, Renaissance chair. Oh, yes yes, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. So I've had that idea for, like, since my last birthday. And so now I'm going to get it this Yeah. One.
0: I love that. So you could play it that way, too. Well, you guys, um, I love doing solicited advice. And we hope that you guys got some good advice and feel inspired to write in if you want our advice. We ask you guys all the time. And so we really build these up. So feel free to DM us anything going on in your life. Email us and yes. we will, one, research it. So we're not just giving you our, because you know me with the with the divorce, I was like, go girl, get out there. I thought the, the same thing. And then the experts were like, don't do
1: that. I couldn't find <laughs> one that said like, go for it. I was like, shit, okay. Yeah,
0: so we will do the, we'll give our advice, but also, of course, always research it for you guys. So feel free to write in whenever. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's circle back on the brag apple cider vinegar refresher. Your daily dose of wellness. And oh, I chose oh, the, yeah, uh, the hottie. hottie of the week. And because I was thinking of like advice columnists and like who, and she wasn't really an advice columnist. Carrie she, Bradshaw. Damn it. Yes. Is that it? Yes. 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 Well, well it's, not, it's Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. Same thing. But it is, you know, it, a queen. A queen. Um, and so I just thought that was a good one because, you know, sure, it's a great her one. little, I don't know,
1: her perfume, lovely blog. Is amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like very weird in a great way. Okay. Yeah, lovely.
0: So we're rating to Sarah Jessica Parker, one uh, to her, the Bragg apple cider vinegar prebiotic.
1: I'll give us seven and a half. I love the apple cinnamon part of it. Me too. It's not like something you can chug, it might be a little hard on your tummy.
0: Yeah, you cannot chug that, but. Like, I kind of had an upset stomach going into this, and I kind of feel like that did something. Like, it might have helped me. Well, hey. So, yeah, we'll give it an we'll eight out of Sarah Jessica Parker. SJP. All right, this is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap up game, and this week we're playing Fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. I don't know why I sang it like that. Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> Okay, now, can I go? Yes. Okay. You actually did this to me, so I'm going to flip it back on you. <gasps> okay. Um, In a different way. You, I did an FMK on famous rom-coms. Oh, my God. Yes. And so I'm going to have you do famous, I guess, sitcoms or like okay. TV shows. Shows. Okay. And speaking of Sarah Jessica Parker, we'll go with Sex and the City. Okay. Friends. Okay. The Office. Okay. Marrying friends. I knew you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You're going to marry friends. Yally.
1: I started, yeah. I've seen all every single episode a million times. And I somehow never get sick of it. I still laugh every time. I don't know how. So I'm going to go with friends marrying. I'm going to fuck the office.
0: Okay. Because
1: the office is funny.
0: It's hilarious. It's
1: just funny. Like, and it's so inappropriate.
0: <laughs> Truly. Just saying, like, Oh, Mindy Kaling was like you could never. You make could the literally
1: office. never make The Office like today. You really could never do that again. But that's why I think it's so. I think that's why people love it because it's like this is insane. <laughs> it's
0: it's insane. So
1: it'd be a little like wild. Yeah, and then I'm gonna kill Sex in the City. I mean, I love. I never was like a huge Sex in the City person.
0: That's fine. I like it, but never
1: was like. I'm going to watch this over and over and over.
0: I remember being little and my mom would take me over to her girlfriend's house who also had a little girl and we would have to be put in our, like, in her bedroom. They'd lock the doors and they'd watch Texas the City. Oh, that's Because it of- was like, and there was like, there, and sometimes we'd like sneak out. and It's like
1: HBO. Yeah,
0: but there'd be like a sex scene on. We oh, yeah. Of, also, we're like, what are they watching? And, oh, like, why yeah. Why are they locking us away? It was pornographic. It kind of was. <laughs> I know. Be like, be like, go back in the room. They Seriously. have their little
1: Sunday nights. Yeah. That's cute. Probably with a little wine, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Tim Burton movies. <gasps> okay. Ooh. Beetlejuice. Okay. Edward Scissorhands. <gasps> Big Fish. Oh. Marrying Big Fish. Oh, gotta marry Big Fish.
0: I, I mean, I just, oh, I loved Big it's Fish. It's so as a underrated. Kid. Oh my God. It's so underrated. It's like so. If you've never seen Big Fish,
1: immediately go watch it right this second.
0: It's so good. Turn us off
1: and go watch it. Turn us off. (laughs) Fuck us. Fuck the show.
0: (laughs) Everything. Okay. So I'm marrying Big Fish. I'm going to fuck Edward Mm Scissorhands because I actually recently rewatched it and I was like, this is really good.
1: Oh, it was so good.
0: And, you know, I might actually fuck Edward Scissorhands because he was also
1: sweet. He was a he was so
0: sweetie. So sweet. It wouldn't go well with all of you know with the all scissors, of, with all of the scissors for hands yeah. part of it. But that he was, was a, a He was a sweetheart. Yeah, a little sensitive. Yeah. He couldn't talk, could he? He was well. At, he was. Remember, he, he was talking. Very Michael like, Jackson. I'm Edward.
1: Like he was very nervous at first. <laughs> I'm,
0: Edward. I'm Edward. I just can just see his little personal lips <laughs> <laughs> when he has his little Avon mask on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that means I'd have to kill Beetlejuice and I will say I only saw it like once as a kid so I don't have that <gasps> like and he kind of scared me as great. a kid I'm not gonna lie like he he's already dead
1: anyways oh he Just kill him twice oh god <laughs> he's a zombie basically
0: oh him I thought you meant the actor
1: Oh no, Michael Keaton's fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. I thought he meant
0: he had died.
1: Oh no, Beetlejuice uh, is dead.
0: Yeah, no, he just kind of scared me as a kid, and I thought, is he gonna come in my room and do this? Because I don't like him.
1: Yeah. We're going to kill Beetlejuice.
0: Yeah, we're going to kill. So, you guys, again, just to reiterate, if you have anything going on in your life and you want to write us, DM us, or email us, we will answer it on the podcast. And go ahead also, you know, give us a little rate and review. Yeah. A rate and review moment. We'd Ooh, love that. Raise rate it on the pod. And we will be back next week with another episode. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Hey.